There's a point in the ritual of baptism uh, at the very beginning, actually, that sometimes creates an awkward moment, um, but I always kind of enjoy it. That you're supposed to meet the family, the parents and godparents, and the baby at the back of the church at the doorway, symbolizing that baptism, the first of the seven sacraments, is the doorway into the life of the church. You meet them there and, and ask them two questions. First, what name do you give this child? And they'll say, Samantha or John or... And you say, okay, what do you ask of God's church for Samantha or for John? And that's the awkward moment because usually they don't remember, even if you told them you're supposed to say baptism. Um, so you, 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 you ask them, what do you want for this child? And there's the answer baptism, which is the top of the list. But there's other options in the ritual, uh, one of which is faith and the other is eternal life. Now, I always, I always like that moment that the, the church in her liturgy imitates her Savior that the first encounter that he has with his most intimate apostles, John and Andrew, and then later Peter, his first statement to them is a question, what are you looking for? What do you want? And the church addresses that to the world. What are you looking for? I mean, we have a, we have a message. We have an answer to the question, like what human hearts are looking for. It's Jesus. But evangelization, it seems, and, and the, the first encounter that one has with God and his radical act of love and in, in becoming incarnate is first a, a question to our hearts. Like, what do you, and we have to examine, what is it that I'm looking for? And I, I love the answer that the apostles give, which is not an answer, but another question. Where are you staying? They want more information. They want to see, like, what are you all about? And he says, come and you will see. And they go and they do see. They stay with Jesus and they, they discover something that changes their life, that everything is, is left behind after that moment. Um, but that trust that Jesus has in their hearts, that he doesn't have to tell them what they're looking for, that if they just deep down ask themselves the question and then see him and stay with him, they'll know intuitively, they can trust their hearts, that what they're longing for is right in front of them. Um, it speaks to our Catholic understanding of, of grace, which is the cooperation of divine and human freedom. Grace, God's grace that saves us, is not something externally imposed on us that's foreign, you know, that changes who we are. It's the thing that activates who we are. It turns us into the true form of ourselves, who God created us to be. And so there should be no competition between our will and God's will. The goal, St. John of the Cross says, is the unitive way. That's the goal of the spiritual life. When our will and God's will are perfectly in union, we are in the unitive way to God um, so that we want what he wants and he wants what we want. And that's so key to understand that question at baptism. What are you looking for? Eternal life, eternal happiness, salvation. I'm looking for what God created me for. He created me to be happy. He created me to, to fulfill my needs. God is not a cruel taskmaster or a mean judge. Um, he does judge wisely and justly, but he's, first and foremost, a savior, a father, and wants what's good for us. Um, and so Jesus trusts us to answer the question. He, of course, we get it wrong so often. But what I find instructive there is that he's not telling us to repress our desires. C.S. Lewis has a great quote in Mere Christianity. The problem with human beings is that we're far too easily pleased, meaning 
that it's not that we overreach for goods that are too good for us. It's that we choose things that are not good enough for us. That we, we mess around with these sins of the flesh or greed or pride or vanity, pettiness, things that we think are going to make us happy, things that we think will satisfy. But we know from experience, uh, especially when we attain those goods, you know, like rich and famous people know this very well. It doesn't actually make me happy. I'm, I, I wanted something else and I didn't know it. I went after the wrong thing. So Jesus is saying, don't repress your desires, but discipline your desires. Channel them into the right direction, um, which is ultimately for God, the ultimate concern of all of our lives, that if we don't have him, nothing else matters. We could have the whole world and lose our souls, and we're losers. We lost everything that matters. But if we have God and lose everything else, we're winners because he's the one thing necessary. And I think this is one of the reasons I, it's an opinion, but he seems to, Jesus, get along well um, and be able to work with greedy, lustful, intense people that are, are bad sinners usually. Like Matthew, the tax collector, he goes up to him at his, at his tax table and says, come follow me. And Matthew gets up immediately and goes. Or the woman at the well with her seven husbands who's, who's looked for love in all the wrong places and, and she encounters Jesus. And he says, if you ask me, I would give you water, living water that would well up to eternal life. And she goes, I want that. You know, people who want something intensely, usually when Jesus offers them the better version of what they've been trying to slake their thirst with, that's never actually satisfying them, just leaving them thirstier and thirstier, hungrier and hungrier, They'll go after him intensely. It's those people who are self-satisfied, the Pharisees, people who don't think they need anything. They've, yeah, I've got everything I really need. Um, thanks anyway, Jesus. Those are the people he finds hard-hearted and difficult to deal with. And so maybe we land somewhere in between. Um, but no matter where we are, the solution uh, to our pettiness, to our smallness, to open our desires, to discipline them, to be channeled in the right direction is simple. It's to stay with Jesus, to stay in communion. He says in, later in John, abide in me. Abide, that, that kind of rare verb we don't use that often, but it means to just dwell with and in relationship with this person. Um, and you notice, even in this short afternoon that, that John and Andrew spend with Jesus, they go from the beginning, John makes a point to say they called him rabbi, meaning teacher. And by the end of their encounter, they're calling him Messiah, which means Christ. And I think that many Catholics are somewhere thinking that Jesus is a rabbi, that he's a teacher, that we can learn a few things from him. Not that he is the ultimate North Star of my life, that if I don't have him, if I betray my friendship with him, then nothing else matters. He is the Christ, he is the Savior, he's my way to eternal life. That doesn't happen overnight. We can kind of, kind of treat him like a teacher and I'm living my own life and I'll ask him for advice when I need it or ask him for a favor if I'm really desperate. But I'm not going to wake up every morning and consecrate my life to this person. But that's why, I, personally, I'm, I'm so in favor of Eucharistic adoration because for myself, I, so many of the moments in my life where I, it dawned on me a little bit more, Jesus showed himself a little bit more to me, not simply as a teacher, but as the Christ, the Savior of my life. Um, those moments happen dwelling with Jesus in prayer. Um, certainly it can happen in all sorts of encounters with friends, serving the poor, but it's in the deep, silent, intimate communion of prayer that we, we learn who Jesus is and he teaches our hearts what they're really looking for. And then he gives us that mission. We go, we go to our brother Simon and he gets a new name, Peter. You know, we, we go out to evangelize because 
He's no longer just a teacher to give us advice, but the Savior of the whole world, and we must share him. We must give that good news to all of the human hearts longing for that same blessing.